Good morning. I know some of you that know me well, they're like, why is he grinning like that and it's 9.28 in the morning? Well, I like the morning. Some of you don't, but here's the deal. I'm excited that you're here today. I'm going to be sharing with you some of the best news that you will ever hear in your entire life. Wow, that's pretty arrogant. No, because it's coming from God's Word. Okay? This, this, message, this message that you are going to hear, if you are already a follower of Jesus, I'm telling you, it's like hooking up a battery, cape, uh, jumper cables to your arms, or to your heart, or to your spiritual self, and it's getting shocked. I'm telling you, I wish, one, we're just going to do this sometime, I think. We're just going to drop choir mics and record you guys singing during worship. I just got done, and the guitar player right beside me, Sean, leans over and he goes, Dude, that was awesome. Congratulations. You helped lead us in worship. See, worship is not just about the worship leader leading you. It's everybody getting, taking six days of crazy. And our past six days in this country has been nuts. Crazy. Even, I don't care what you look at. I don't care if you watch CNN. I don't care if you watch C-SPAN or what you pay attention to. You can't avoid it. You go on social media, you can't avoid it. Here's what I'm going to tell you about it. Number one, I don't know that it's going to get better. Wow, that's great news. <laughs> I have better news than that. When Jesus <laughs> gets the word from the Father to come back, none of this is going to matter if you're a follower of Christ. Guess what? We're going we're gonna, to... You, you are here on a really cool Sunday. I know, some of you have been on vacation. Man, we missed you. Good. Welcome back. Now, we're going to take face down at the end of this service. To the song that you just heard of, uh, a Christian Stanfield talking about, Even So Come. We're going to listen to that song as we take face down. It is not a, a what I would call a sit still song. <laughs> okay. He says, even so come. In the chorus of this song, you may be waiting in line to get bread and juice, and you may be going, mm-hmm. Okay, because it says, like a bride waiting for her groom. Ho, ho. I did this song, we did this song last night. I'm, I'm preaching at a, at a camp. So if you, if you pray for me, I appreciate that. Please pray for, as, as, I, as I preach during this camp. And there's a little dude, okay, we had fourth graders, they're the youngest ones in the camp, this little dude, alright, he's, he's standing right here. I don't know what church he goes to, I've got to find out. He, or his mom and dad are raising him correct with good music or something. We get ready to, that's a huge build up, he goes, like a ride, it's a huge punch on that song. This little dude standing in the first row goes, woo! <sighs> you know what I, you, you know what, I, my, my spirit inside of me just began to speak with the Holy Spirit, you know what I said? God, make me like that fourth grader. Expectant that God is going to move. Expectant that, that we're going to get into this. Man, there's never been... See, we say, oh, it's negative, it's negative, it's negative, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. There's never been a better opportunity to share the gospel than right now. You know why? People will listen. They just might listen. We're going through the, some of the parables that Jesus talked about. And if you have your worship handout, we're going to get in there in just a second. I'm going to show you something really cool. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 24. If you want to go ahead and flip there, uh, we're going to wait on the screen for a second. Matthew 24. I want you to open this all the way up. Now, connection seeks to be relevant in a community, correct? Okay, and I know this is a Friday morning, and I know you're like, oh, man, I'm going to miss it. If you can make it, look at this. 
On August 26, 2016, Connection will be serving breakfast to the entire Mount Vernon High School football team and coaching staff. Guess what? I get to preach too. <laughs> we feed them and then they listen. <laughs> They're high schoolers, right? You give them food and they'll listen. Listen, this is an opportunity for Connection to show love in our community in a very, very real, very, very relevant way. Okay? We just need some people. If you, can, if you think you can help, we're going to be serving at 7. Uh, for those of you that are my people and that you like the morning, <laughs> we will have to get here a little early. Uh, then we'll, and we'll make some coffee and we'll, I'll talk to you about the breakfast. But if you, just, if you decide that you can help, that you would like to help, that maybe this is something that, man, this is cool. Um, come talk to me after church. Uh, I'll write your name down or you can, I'll get a, get a way for you to get a hold of me. Uh, but that, that, that's just one of the things. It's exciting. It's exciting to me. And I have to tell you that I was... I've been watching the TV and watching my phone on social media all week, just like you have. And people come to me and they say, Matt, what's the answer? You ready? Jesus. It's that simple, but it's that complex. See, to change, to change the way a country is feeling about, or, or what's going on in that country... If you look over the last 200 plus years, that, that distinction that we, that we were founded on of God is, growing, is just growing weaker. And ladies and gentlemen, just congratulations you live in this time because we're now reaping the benefits of over 200 years of... Eh. I still live in the greatest country in the world. Okay, I love this country. It's just, we're going through a hard time, aren't we? There's some people in the Bible that were going through a really hard time. They were being persecuted for their faith. Killed. Hunted. This is like, and I don't mean this sarcastically, this is like real life Hunger Games stuff. They were being hunted for believing in Christ. They were being killed. Today we're going to be in Matthew 24. Uh, we're going to start in verse 45. We're going to cover three different parables today. I know. Some of you are like, golly, we were out five minutes late last week, and now we're doing three parables. Listen, they're short. It's all right. On the surface, they look completely different. On the surface, they look completely different. And I want to ask you something. This morning, you may have walked through that door, and on the surface, you look completely different than how you're doing on the inside. Only God knows what's going on. And I want to tell you that you're in the right spot. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what's going on. I don't care what internally is going nuts. I just want to tell you that you're in the right spot. Not to hear me preach, to hear the words that Jesus says that comes out of my mouth. Because these words are life-changing, they're life-altering. You can literally leave here this morning with a different mindset to change the way that you are. Literally have a transformed heart by the time you leave. You know why? Because Jesus. That's it. Because He cared enough, He, he loved us so much. We're going to look at, at three different parables. And some of you this morning that are parable experts, I need to sit down and talk with you. Okay, You can teach me some stuff. But if you're a parable expert, you've probably heard all three of these. There's, a, there's the parable of the two servants. Okay, The wicked or the bad servant. Or the wicked and the good servant. Then we're going to go into the, looking at the ten bridesmaids. Notice the song. Like a bride waiting for a groom will be the church waiting for you. Oh, that is my prayer. I prayed, I, prayed, I prayed before church that we would just get involved with doing what connection is going to do and letting God lead us 
in a way that we've never have. And may it just start with me. I told, I told him yesterday at camp, I said, I'm preaching on Jesus coming back tomorrow morning. I might jump off my stage. That's your warning, okay? I probably won't, but man, this excites me. If it doesn't excite you, I ha- I, you need to check how wet your wood is. God can't start a fire on you unless, it's, unless your wood is ready to go. And you need dry wood, right? You, wet, you just quench it. You just, quit, you just pour water. God, I don't want this. I don't want this. I'm not going to Hollywoodize any of this. I'm not going to say, da-da-da, and there's a movie about this. Okay, I'm not going to do this. Jesus was talking in parables and stories to teach us. Look at verse 45 in the 24th chapter of Matthew. It says this, A faithful, sensible servant is one to whom the master can give the responsibility of managing his, uh, his other household servants and feeding them. He talks about the good one. This is, all, this is where we all want to be. We all want to be here. The dependable one. If you had a brother or a sister, or you had a cousin or whatever, and they, they would give certain responsibilities to them, may not, maybe it didn't go to you. Maybe they were the more responsible one earlier. See, this is the, this is the Marsha Brady. Has anybody seen the Brady Bunch? Come on. That show was before me, okay? So... A faithful, sensible servant is one to whom the master can give the responsibility of managing the household servants and feeding them. This is a pristine place of honor. It's somebody that, you, that will take care of his stuff. It works hard. It's a good servant and he's reliable. Look at verse 46. If the master returns and finds that the servant has done a good job, there will be a reward. Oh, wow. We used to have this thing called quarter night at our house. Quarter night. That's how rich we were. <laughs> you know, we'd come home, like you, you, I, teach, I teach school, and there'd be some kid that had this version of their game, and it'd be like $6 or $8 night. We had quarter night, okay? And quarter night was this. Quarter night was a, and we didn't do it for very long, but there was a certain amount, or during the week, there were, there were certain nights that we didn't know it was going to happen. But my dad would come in after he gets off work, and he would check my sister and I's room. And if they were clean, we got a quarter well, you know, your, you know your son or daughter, if they're in here, I just apologize. Your son or daughter wouldn't get up for 25 cents. Unless they were encouraged. And I'll leave that up to you. So, so for, for, 20, for 25 cents, I remember, I remember my dad coming, and one time, it, listen, this blew my mind. One night it was dollar night. I'm like, dollar night? If you scraped up enough change in your piggy bank plus the dollar, you could get an entire peanut butter parfait. It's Jesus in a cup. This, they, but my dad would reward us for doing things. A lot like an allowance. You do work. You get paid. We give our, we, we, Mary has, 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 has recently brought something in to our house that I think is, is highly effective. And, and our girls earn time to watch TV. I know, we're awful parents. My, my five-year-old does laundry. Yes, you can fold it. She helps put it away. I'm not saying it all fits in there when she gets it done folded, but if she folds it, okay? But we, they earn time. We're teaching them to be reliable. Teaching them to be reliable. And, and Mary has this thing. If they save up enough time and don't watch TV and they add up their time, they get, they get a money switch. That really, it's a, hey. We teach them to be reliable. Look at verse 47. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, the master will put that servant in charge of all he owns. 
Now you think about this. You think about your car, your house, all the people. Let's just say that you were a wealthy, wealthy person back in this day and you were the landowner and you had, you had servants. Your servants are worth money because they do work for you. Okay? So, if you're in charge of this whole thing, this is a big deal. This isn't something that you, that you meet somebody on the street one day and say, you know what, would you come over and watch my house while I go on a three-month vacation? No. This is somebody that's reliable, that has proven themselves. In verse 48, But, what if the servant is evil and thinks this? This is where we get in trouble. So the good person always... Marsha Brady. You, you remember what Jan says, right? Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. It's all about Marsha, 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 Marsha. She's the perfect angel. Okay, now look at this one. Look at this servant. Verse 48, But what if the, the servant is evil and thinks, My master won't be back for a while. Okay, we already know. You and I are human. We already know where this is going, Right? Right? My mom and dad are not going to be home this weekend. It doesn't matter what time I come home for curfew. I was scared they had like video cameras on our house. I was home. Okay? Listen, this, this servant is evil. He's already, he's already thinking in his mind, what can I get away with? Jesus, is, he's speaking very sharply here. He says, my master won't be back for a while. In verse 49, he begins, Wow. Beating the other servants, partying and getting drunk. Oh, time, whoa. The master, in verse 50, will return unannounced and unexpected. And he will cut the... No, no. He will return unexpected. Jesus is talking about the return of himself. Okay. He's in the human form, talking about when he's going to come back in a spiritual... I don't know. Okay, but he's talking but in the future tense here. He says, I'm going to come back through this story. He's saying, I'm going to come back. Be careful what you're doing. Now, if you saw the sign out here, or you saw your, your worship hand down, the very top of it says, watching, waiting, and working. Watching, waiting, working. Look at verse 51. This is just, this should be on a Hallmark card somewhere. Look at this. And he will cut the servant to pieces and assign him to a place with the hypocrites. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hallmark? No. This is not okay. Now what... Some people would take this completely out of context. They would say, your God is messed up. He's so evil. Listen, he says if, we come, if he comes back and we're not doing the right things, he's going to send us. No, listen, that's not what he's saying. He said if you're not a follower of him and you don't know when the master's going to come back, he's speaking of himself. This gnashing of teeth place, this weeping and gnashing of teeth is a very real place. He's just using these words to explain and express what hell is going to be like. A complete separation of God. How do we get to the place in verse 51 where, where, we, where, where we get there? How do we get that? There's a huge couple words that this world uses very frequently. And I hate to say this, but in first world America, this is what we use. We're entitled. How about no? You're not entitled. Work for it. It's not entitlement. Entitlement leads to prideful. Prideful meaning just an overwhelming sense of selfishness. It's just this awful self-seeking. 
Jesus is not saying this to scare someone into salvation. He's saying this so the Holy Spirit will convict them. He's not trying to scare people. Jesus says some scary stuff. But this is not, he's not trying to scare them. He's trying to teach them. If you have your worship handout, I want, I want to show you this. This is going to, it may take you a couple seconds to fill this in, but I, I really want you to look at this blank on the worship handout. One billion percent, this is true. Jesus is going to come back. Who's He going to come back for us? Now, us refers to in here, the followers of Christ. If you have a relationship with Him. He's coming back for you. We must watch for Him. Now, by living and loving like Jesus. Do not go home. Do not get on eBay and buy a $7,000 telescope. And point it east and go, okay, according to Revelation, he's going to show up about... You don't have a clue. Don't, don't, don't just go home and sit in a lawn chair and turn the smoker on and go, okay, we're waiting for Jesus. No. This is the exact last thing that Christ wants you to do. The exact... Because, because if you're waiting and you're just watching and you're not doing anything, you're not affecting the kingdom. And Jesus says, I'm going to come back. And when I come back, listen, dude. <laughs> listen. Listen. When I come back, it's for real. I lo- I lo- I, you know, you can, you can Hollywoodize this big time, okay? We're, and we're not into that here. But I really get an unbelievable picture in my head of the way that Jesus came to the earth the first time. As a baby, carpenter, I'm going to tell you something right now. He is not coming back the same way. He is coming back with all authority and all power. The Bible speaks of it being just this horn sonic blast, basically, that what would what would make sense to us. And he's gonna come back and he is gonna listen, all authority. It's all him. This is not a time. Listen, I wrote this sermon. You ready for that? I wrote this sermon two weeks ago. Look at the last week in our news. I'm not saying that I know when Jesus is going to come back. You know why? Jesus doesn't know. The Father knows. So, we see this, we see this, all this stuff happening on the news, and we think, oh, we're going to go home and we're just going to, please, Jesus, come back right now. Listen, we should pray that way. But listen, do not go home and roll over and say, oh, it's time for us to just wait. It's not at anything what He said. He said, I want to come back and find you working while you wait. Worship me while you wait. This is a great time for connection to be ready to be used. And if you don't think that Satan will do anything to attack you, to get you out of that mindset, you're crazy. How's your last week been? I'm there. Been a joyous Six Flags roller coaster, hasn't it? Heck no. I felt like I rode the log ride and went underwater. I like the log ride. I don't want to go underwater on the log ride. But sometimes it feels like that water is just rushing up over you, doesn't it? You're not equipped. Listen, we're not. What we have inside of us, if you're a follower of Christ, is enough. Is enough. He's a chain breaker. So Jesus goes right on to tell this story. Oh, I'm sorry. Look at, look at this next verse. So if you don't think Jesus is coming back, if you rewind three verses from where we started, look at this. Look at this on the screen. Three verses from where we started. So you too must keep watch, for you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Jesus didn't know either. 
Jesus to this day, hour, and present time, which time doesn't exist, in heaven, does not know when He's coming back. Only the Father knows. He said, I will let you know. So we get here and Jesus, Jesus is just on a, He's on a roll here, okay? Do we have the next worship handout slide? No, never mind. We'll go, we'll go to 25 first. Look at 25. So Jesus, Jesus is going on, on, on verse 1. I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself. In verse 1, Jesus com- continues chapter 24. Now, he didn't talk to them and go, okay, that's the end of 24. I'm going to start 25 now. Okay, Jesus didn't talk. <laughs> they put it into chapters later. Now, look at 25. Look at what this says. Then the kingdom of heaven, oh, da da da, will be like 10 bridesmaids. Time out, you lost me. Kingdom of heaven and bridesmaids. First of all, some of you that have been married, uh, that have been married and you had a big wedding, th- think about this. Ten bridesmaids. I've done enough wedding, and that's just not a good idea. Okay, I'm kidding. If you have ten friends, listen, ten bridesmaids, then you, the, the ten bridesmaids is probably not the big deal. The, getting the ten guys to stand up and go, <laughs> Listen, he says it's like ten bridesmaids. This is a huge deal. This was a custom where, where, in this time. In verse 2. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. Oh, if we could plug ourselves into this equation, you got a 50 50 shot here. And he talks about being foolish and being wise in a very, 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 very applicable sense here. Look at this. In verse 3, the five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps, but the five who were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. So here's the, here's the deal. They, in this story, there was a bride and a groom, and there would be basically a big parade. And a big, a big long... Used to people get married, and they'd, and they'd honk your horn, and they'd put cans behind your thing, and there'd be a huge long processional through town, and they'd just do all kinds of stuff. This is the same way without cars. And they're waiting on the bridegroom. They're the, they're the quote-unquote church in this song, waiting for the groom. They're ready to go meet him. Now, why are they out ready to meet him? Because they wanted to go, in, they wanted to, go to the wedding. They wanted to go to the wedding feast. But only five of them took extra oil. So in verse 5, they became drowsy and fell asleep. Well, why? Look at verse 6. At midnight. Listen. <laughs> at midnight. Some of us are still awake at midnight. I, however, usually am not. Well, look at this. At midnight, they were roused by the shout. Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. In verse 7, all the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. That means they trimmed their wicks so they would light easily, okay? They were ready to go and they lit them, then they went. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. I'm going to tell you something. Being one of the five foolish bridesmaids right here is not a good idea for eternal awfulness. See, these five people thought they were just entitled. Oh, I'll just take enough. There'll be somebody to help me out. Listen, when you're talking about a relationship with God, when you're talking about eternal existence forever, that relationship involves two beings, you and God. I cannot get saved for... If I could, I would get saved for everybody that I've ever met. I can't. It's a personal relationship with the creator of the universe and us, with Jesus being in between. His blood paying the price for my sin in my life. These bridesmaids were not prepared. Please give us some of your oil. Look at verse 9. But the others replied, We don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. 
In verse 10, But while they were gone to buy the oil, the bridegroom came. There's an older song. I wish we'd all been ready by DC Talk. And if you grew up in the 90s in church at all, you were a DC Talk fan. Okay, just, that's the way it was, right? Anybody a DC Talk fan? Okay. You know, Jesus Freak. Some of you need to go home and YouTube Jesus Freak. You're like, wow, what a song. I wish we'd all been ready. It talks about two men walking up a hill. One's gone, one left standing still. It's gone. I wish we'd all been ready. We have no idea when the, when the groom is going to come for his church. Congratulations. I don't care if you're a guy or a girl. You are part of the bride because the church of God, not this, just this church, the church of God is the bride of Christ. We get the expression of how to treat our wives, men, from how Jesus, how Jesus loved His church. He loved His church enough to die for her. This is a big deal. It's not just a play on words. It's not just, eh, we'll just throw something in here. And the bridegroom came in the middle of verse 10. Then those who were ready went with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. This has all kinds of Old Testament connotations. Go back to Noah's ark. When God sealed the door, guess what? It was shut. It was shut. And then what do we hear? You hear these people knocking and banging. What this water coming from the, from the sky? What is this? Let us in. Let us in. We're sorry we made fun of you. But God had shut the door. Listen, look at this. This is a big deal. In verse 11, later when the other five the, um, bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door. Okay, 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 okay. We believe you now. See, this is the scary part about Matthew 28 and the, and the Great Commission about telling the whole world about Christ. There's going to come a day. It's not right now. It might be in 10 seconds. It's not right now. We need to go out and tell everybody that we can by the way that we live and by the way that we love about the relationship with Christ. But look at verse 12. But he called back. Oh, God, we believe you. We believe you. Because God is just, because He's perfect. He says, believe me, I don't know you. Where do we hear this? Look in Revelation. Judgment day for the non-believer. Depart from me for I never knew you. I don't know you. Look at verse 13. So you too must keep watch for you don't know the day or hour of my return. This is Jesus talking, referring to Himself. These people literally think, okay, they're not unintelligent. But they think literally that Jesus is coming back in their lifetime. They have no idea that 2016 is even going to exist. They're thinking, okay, well, we'll watch for you. When you get a couple weeks. Listen, all of those people are dead. That Jesus originally said this to. All those people are physically dead. They have no longer physical life. Jesus himself doesn't even know this. Look at the, look at the next blank in your worship handout. Look at this. The five wise bridesmaids were prepared to wait on the groom. They were prepared. Look at this. Connection needs to be a church that is waiting for Jesus to come back. Connection does not need to be a church that stands up and says, the end is coming, the end is coming. Do not be chicken little. This guy is falling. Listen, yeah, I get it. Everybody has a phone. Yes, the sky is falling. The sky is not doing well right now. We have to be prepared to watch, and we have to be prepared to wait. 
And some of you, like me, have a big time problem because waiting has everything to do with having patience. And you know as well as I do that you learn not to pray for it because God lets you figure it out. Yeah, it's a bad deal. You do pray for it. God, teach me. Let me worship while I wait. There's never been a longer time in my life than during a time and a season of waiting. Never. Never ever. You go to, you go to your favorite class or you go to... Man, you guys, you go camping or you go on vacation. The week just goes... And then when it comes time to dig up the paving stones and to do some landscaping around your house, the clock stops, doesn't it? When it, when it, comes, when it comes time to, to wait on God to answer a prayer in your life, it's like time stops. When you wait on God to say, God, I need you right now. And He says, just a minute. We don't like the just a minute. Because you and I know it's not just a minute. God has no sense of time. <laughs> He has all kinds of time, but he doesn't operate in it. It's like the guy that came up to God and he said, God, to you, a million dollars is, is, or a penny to you is like a million dollars. And the other guy, and then he keeps talking, he goes, to you, a minute is like 10,000 years. And he goes, so God, I come to you. And he's being highly sarcastic. And he says, God, can I have one of your pennies? And God says, in a minute. <laughs> Come on, it's, it's almost 10. Look at verse 14. Again, the kingdom of God. Jesus, go, Jesus goes right into another one. Again, the kingdom of God can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. Do you know that you're entrusted with something while Jesus is gone? See, we don't, we don't place a whole lot of thing on that. You, you have been entrusted. If you have been taken care of by the blood of Christ and you have a relationship with Him, you are called. Oh, I'm not called. Okay. He called together His servants and entrusted His money to them while He was gone. Money doesn't just mean cash. It means everything. Okay. This guy says, okay. I'm going to go on a long trip. Jesus went on a long trip. I don't know the kilometers or miles to heaven, but he's not here right now. He went on a long trip. Look how this, in, this just goes on and on. Look at verse 15. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last. Dividing it in proportion to their abilities, and then he left on his trip. Some people look at this and go, not fair, not fair, not fair. I wasn't first in line, didn't get five bags of silver. That's the way we live. <laughs> All you got to do is go into a grade school. Run their little heinies off outside for about 20 minutes. Come inside. See if they do not fight over the water fountain. They're entitled. Why? I ran the hardest. I went through the most stuff in this life. I deserve God's blessing first. Abundantly. I like how Jesus puts this. He says, I divided it in proportion to their abilities. Now watch. Number five, the guy that gets five bags is a highly skilled worker. He's probably been there for a long time. And then, um, he, gives, he gives one, two bags. Okay, that's great. Now, to the one, he gets, man, he's just a laborer. He's like me on a construction site. Go get this. Okay, <laughs> that's me. I don't, none of this. A lot of this. Okay, a lot of carry. Okay, verse 16. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. What did he do? This is talking about talents. God gave this person talents. 
He gave them, he said, use it. I'm giving this to you, use it. Why do we use it? Remember he's talking about going on a long trip and coming back. He's talking about when he returns. If you have, have, if you have God-given talents, can I say something really off the cuff? Will you please use them? You have talents that I don't. You have abilities that I don't. Use them. We have an opportunity. Man, you, you may say, you know what? I'm not the best cook, but I can preheat the oven like a boss. And I can have it ready to put the biscuits in like a boss. I can, pre, I can push the button. I'm not working on Friday. I can pour juice from a larger container into a smaller container like a boss. You say, man, I can't preach a sermon. Crowds freak me out. I can't play an instrument. Can you pour juice? See, God doesn't say you have to be this or this. He says, whatever I give you, use it. I'm telling you. You use the things that God gives you. So this first man does exactly what that. He used his talents and he invests the money and he earned five more. 17. The servant with the two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. Notice the word in here, earned. He doesn't say, just because you have two bags of silver, you're entitled to two more. He does not say that. You're not entitled. Man, I talked a couple months ago, and again, I had somebody come back to me. I can't believe that you said that again. I backed up to the back of the stage, and I looked at you in the face, and I said, I want to say this with complete love, but you're not a good person, and I backed up even more. You're not good. We're not entitled to anything. Do you know how lucky we are? Do you know how blessed we are to be able to call on the name of Jesus? We, we have the most unique, unbelievable religion in the world. It's the only one in which the Creator died for the creation. That's a math problem that you don't understand. That's, a, that's an amount of love that I can't explain to you. To be able to call on Christ's name. Look at verse 19, or 18. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. Oh boy. I can't knock this guy. I've been there. And I dug a hole. I'm, oh, I don't want to get in trouble. I'm just going to return the money when he comes back. I just pat it down. Verse 19. After a long time, their master returned from the trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. Verse 20, the servant whom he had trusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. And the master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Where do we hear this again? Uh-oh, Revelation. Do you see the futurosity of this, where this is going? He's, he's now talked in the past about Noah's Ark. He's talked about well done and good and faithful servant. Jesus is talking about all kinds of different eras of Existence within these little bitty parables. I love this. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handing the small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Watch these words. Let's celebrate together. It's like your dad, God, your heavenly father, looking down and saying, Good job, it's quarter night. And God doesn't hand out quarters. Priceless. Teaching your children. 
I hope that one day God looks at my wife and I and says, Good job raising your kids. They're honest and trustworthy. Listen, my kids are just like your kids. They may or may not. They have that ability to choose. They will go through times in life. But I want God to find me faithful. God, I want to do what you want me to do. It's not easy. Let's celebrate. Look at verse 22. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, now you, do, you, do you imagine the confidence that he just sees after this? The guy with the two bags is going, Alright, I made a good choice because I have four instead of two. Do you know what the guy on the end of the line is thinking? Oh, I've got to go dig mine up. <laughs> Look at this. Verse 22. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest and I have been faithful. In handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. See, we, we want to say, God, give me the big stuff. You know what Jesus says? You have to remember that He's a perfect... He's not... I love the song, Good, Good Father. He's a perfect Father. Because He comes to us and He says, Listen, I know that you've been asking for this new big thing. Can you pour milk from a large container into a glass? Can you preheat an oven like a boss? Can you clean a toilet? Can you show the person that you work with that you know how to take out the trash without the janitor doing? Can you serve other people? This is what Jesus is talking about. This is what God is saying. Husbands, do you serve your mate? I don't even like that word. Some of you are like just cringe. Like, oh, I hate that word, serve. Be submissive means to lift up in honor. It doesn't mean be a slave or a servant. It means to lift up and I should serve my wife. If we were in a mixed up context, somebody said, well, your wife should serve you. Listen, if you read, if you read wives be submissive to your husbands, read the other part about the guy. Don't get stuck on yourself. Oh, I'm a guy. It talks worse and harder to you and me. We should be submissive and lift up. When we have affairs with God that we're to do, we should lift up. You've been faithful, he says. Let's celebrate. Look at over 24. Can you imagine this guy? He goes, ugh. He's probably dragging the bag. It probably looks a lot like this. In verse 24 it says, Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, now, he has had time to think of. He's had two guys go before him. Look at what he does. He thinks up his epic story like that. Instant. Look, he says, Master. He probably, he's probably getting in an athletic stance so he can escape. He says, hey. He's hiding behind the bed. I knew you were a harsh man. What is he trying to do? He's got a great big knife and a huge slab of butter, didn't he? He's like, hee hee. I'm going to butter you up so you won't oh, get in trouble. God is a just God. God is perfect in judgment. Master, I knew you were a harsh man. Oh, Harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. In verse 25, I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. I, I read this, and I like History Channel with all these gold finders. You can hide it. But what if somebody finds it? Then you don't have it anymore. But he says, I hid it. I just, I just, I just wanted to be 
okay with the level of talent that you gave. I just want to be okay with it. God did not get God did not let you come to this earth to exist and to die. He didn't. Growing in the relationship. Look what he says in verse 25. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look here. Is your money back? But the master replied, you wicked and lazy. I tell you what. You want to hear a really, really, really sharp word? Have God use lazy in the same sentence as me and you. That's sharp. I don't want to be lazy. I don't want to be, I don't want to be lazy. I don't want to get so busy that I'm preoccupied and take time away from my family. But I don't want to be lazy. I don't. Some of you come up to me, Matt, you need to take a Sunday off. You need to take a Sunday off. I'll take one off next year, okay? Unless I go to the hospital, I'm going to be here. You know why? Because God is doing things in your life and I want to be a part of it. Yes, there's time to take off. Yes, there's days that I won't be here. But I don't want to be lazy. I want to do the work. Verse 26, But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gather, crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? Look at this. At least I would have gotten some interest on it. Now, I understand a bank. Savings got not good. <laughs> wow, I've got $1,000 in the bank and I've had it in there for 20 years. What's my total? $1,001.04. <laughs> it's not a bit, but it would re- you get, did you get more than you put in? See, he just, it's the same. He didn't use it. He didn't grow it. Verse 28, then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with ten bags of silver. You remember what Jesus said to the, ten, the guy with ten bags? He said, you've been faithful in small things. Now I'm going to give you money. Now we look at people and go, look at all the stuff that they have. Listen, I know some people that are worth several million dollars a piece. And if they walked in this room, you would have no idea that they had a dime. And I talked to, talk to somebody, that, yeah, but do they do anything for God? I said, huh, yeah. In fact, before they open the doors of their business, on every single workday, they have prayer with everybody that works there. Then they open and go to work. God is blessing them for doing You should see what they are able to donate and to do. They've been faithful with what God has given them. I'm not telling you that everybody, God does not desire everybody to be a millionaire. If there's a person besides me in the Bible that deserves to be a millionaire, how about Stephen? He didn't, he didn't entitle everyone. Paul had nothing. In verse 29, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. Wow, it's like I just said that. I'm not being arrogant here. I'm just, you see. There'll be an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken. Verse 30, now throw this useless servant into outer darkness, and there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I mean, this is not okay. Be faithful. We have, to, we have to work. Look at your worship handout. It's the last point. Until Jesus returns, we must do His work. And here's the deal. I'm not, a, I'm not a fortune teller. I'm not a prophet. Look at this. Regardless of when He returns, Jesus, when He returns, connection will. I didn't put might be. I didn't put if we feel like it. Listen, we have a vision from God. We will continue to reach people with the love of God. I have told this to people all week. I said, at our church, we will do anything short of sinning to tell people about Jesus Christ. 
Wow. That's a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. August 26th. I got a, I got a list of, of dates given to me. And it's all the home football games on the Fridays that they have a home football game in Mount Vernon. And she said, yeah, we got some October dates and we got one in August. And I said, what's the first one? What's the very first one? She goes, well, it's the 26th of August. I said, we want it. Why? Why do you want the first one? <laughs> I want to preach to him first. No, <laughs> no. no I, want, I want... Listen, I want to meet these... Listen, I, I, I know... Where, I didn't play football in high school, but I played sports, and I want to meet these guys. And I want to say, you know what? I understand what it's like to be a high school student and to try to stand up for Christ. Here's your biscuits and gravy. (laughs) I understand. Listen, connection will continue to do anything short of sinning to reach the people with the love of God. Some of you today are going through some stuff that is just crazy, crazy heavy. And I want to give you a little bit of time. I'm going to give you some time. Our people are going to come forward and we're going to take face down. We're going to listen to a video that's not a sit still song. But you, in order to take this, we're going to take face down. It's for any follower of Jesus that's in this room. Anybody that has a relationship with Christ. If you don't, I invite you to come and talk to me. Okay? We can talk about that. But if you have a relationship with Christ, when we take face down, it's an opportunity for you to simply say thank you and to reflect on what God has done in your life. Man. Just think about what He's done with this church. We had a person walk in this morning that hasn't been here in a long time, and they said, whoa. I said, it's a little different. And they said, it's a lot more different than the school. I said, yeah. We'll seek to reach people. We had to go to two services because we didn't have room. I know we come in and say, well, there's not very many people here today. There's a whole other service. Listen, we have to do the work. We have to do what God calls us to do. We have to. We don't have an option. I don't want to go hide anything in the dirt. Man, I want God to come back. And we're not an all-star, sin-free church. We're a whole bunch of messed up people. We just know the right guy. And I want God to come back. I want Him to look at us as a church. And how many people are going to go, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, want, I just ask you, as we begin that video, you guys can come forward to your, to your spots. We're going to play this video. We're going to turn down the lights a little bit. And before, before you get up to take face down, you're going to take the bread, you're going to dip in the juice. You guys, come on. Come on, here we go. Okay. Take, take, take the bread, and you're going to dip it in the juice, and you can just eat it here. You can take it back to your seat, whatever. I want you to just reflect for the first 30 seconds. Just bow your head. Thank God for what He's done in your life. Thank God for what He's going to do. Go ahead. Whenever you're ready, you come.
No, just keep, let it play. Turn the volume down. I, I sat beside my wife, and we usually wait. You keep the yeah, keep the song on, and we usually we usually wait till till the last, so I can take I can take face down with her. I remember I tell the story all the time when we take face down. I remember one of the first times in 2007 that we took face down. There was like 18 people. No, there was more, there was more than that, but it was. And, and we would, and Mike would say, well, I want you to play this song for, for Face Down. And, and I would get through like, ah, verse. And throughout this service and the next service, and we take Face Down. And I just see these people get up and they line the aisles. And they're just people saying, God, I thank you for what you've done for me. And I remember that. Listen, we have to be the church that's waiting for Jesus. I can't tell you when he's going to come back. Nobody can. If they can, run away from them. <laughs> the Bible said they don't know. Look at this. God, we wait for you. I ask you this week, I ask you to ask God to challenge you. You're waiting for God to move. I'm going to pray for you right now. I don't have any supernatural powers. I'm just talking to the guy that has it all. And I'm going to ask him, I'm going to ask God, the Holy Spirit, to just be in us this week. As we wait for him, maybe, maybe your marriage is, man, maybe you're, maybe you're waiting for a job. Maybe you're waiting for whatever. Listen, you have to humble yourself to what Jesus has done for you. If you remember back, I'm in the same boat. We're not good. He's awesome. He's everything. He's everything that you need. And when you get to that place that God, I can't do it. And you fall fat, just face down and just say, God, you are everything and you have to move because I've pushed against this mountain for a year and I can't move it. And he says, I've just been waiting for you to give me the control. I can do it. I can work this out. I can rebuild, restore, renew. I can. Let's pray. God, we will wait on you. God, we will wait on you. May we be a church, God, that honors you with our lives, with our beings, with everything that we are. May we be a church that just seeks to do your will. As we watch, as we wait, as we work, we do the work of a missionary on this earth for you. God, that we may in Matthew 28 proclaim to the nations that you are the one true and only God. God, we we dive into other people's lives and we disciple them, we mentor them. 
But God, in our own life right now, there are struggles in this place, God, and I ask You to get out Your sledgehammer and I ask You to knock down those walls for these people. I ask, God, that we as, our, we as people can humble ourselves to how good You are. We love You, God. May we learn to seek You like we've never sought You before. God, we pray for our country. God, our country is hurting so bad. We just ask, God, that You use the churches, You use the Christians, the followers of You to start a revival. God, if You need to start it for Mount Vernon, Illinois, You start it right here. Start it with us, God. Maybe we need to be a mini revival in Mount Vernon. God, give us the strength to seek You. God, may we wait for You. And may we be a church that is ready to see You come. In Your name, Amen.